We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. And uh, I don't know if you guys listen to Rhonda and Mai's podcast. We have a podcast called Awakening Moments, and um, we uh, have a new episode that comes out every single week. But we just thought as part of the HeartStrong, um, with our HeartStrong family, we just thought it would be a, a neat opportunity to get together in this context and in a live environment, be able to share some of our hearts very similarly to what we do in a podcast but then have an opportunity to hear from you as well. And today we actually really sense that the Lord wants to do something special in us, but also in you guys who are here today. Um, and we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the our key scripture and just this whole idea of finding strength in weakness, of God perfecting his strength in our weakness. And so actually I'm going to start and I'm just going to read our key scripture for this month um, out loud. I'm sure you're starting to really get to know this and it's getting into your spirits. And I'm so excited about that. But even as I say it, I'm going to actually say it as a prayer today and that this would be our prayer today. And it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities for when I am weak, then I am strong. And we hear often, you know, all of us, if we've been in faith for some time, this, this statement, when I am weak then I am strong. And we say that and we repeat that and we, we speak that to our spirit, man. And the truth is that we do find ourselves in weakness a lot. We find ourselves in weakness often. Every single one of us do. There's not one of us that in this lifetime can avoid struggle, can avoid weakness, can avoid insecurities and trials and struggles and calamities and persecutions and all these things that Paul is listing. He knows that these are a part of every single one of our lives. And often we look to the left and we look to the right and we look at our sisters and we think, oh, they don't struggle. Look at them. They're always smiling. Look at them. They're always happy. Look at them. They're always doing good. They don't struggle the way that I struggle. But the truth is, and Ron and I are here to share with you guys today, the truth is that we do all struggle and we all struggle equally. And the scriptures are full of men and women who are filled with weaknesses and struggles. Yet God chose in his mercy to continue to use them. And so I think for us today, our heart really is that each one of us would grab hold of this truth, this truth that despite our weaknesses, God wants to use his, our lives for his glory. Despite our struggles, despite our weaknesses, he wants to use us. And yet at the very same time, the enemy wants to disqualify us based on those very same weaknesses. So these weaknesses that Paul is talking about in the scripture, that he's saying that Christ wants to perfect his power in us through our weakness, those very same weaknesses, the enemy is trying to actually disqualify us from the work of Christ. 
in those very same weaknesses. And so both of these things are happening at the same time. And today we just want to have a conversation about this. And today we want to say over your lives and we want to say over our lives too, no, no more, no more Satan. Are you going to disqualify us based on our weaknesses? In fact, we want Christ's power to be perfected in us based on those weaknesses. And so we just want to have an honest conversation about that. How do we do that? How do we learn how to embrace weakness? And how do we walk this out together? One of the things we're seeing in HeartStrong that's so, so beautiful is we're seeing this walking out of the gospel in community. We're seeing, you know, as different teachers are coming and they're bringing out the word, the truth of the word of God. And then we're seeing different members of the community come out and they're sharing their heart and they're sharing what's on their heart. And you're watching in the chat and you watch this beautiful, supportive environment. Somebody will share a testimony or share a comment. And then all the comments in the chat are like, wow, that's amazing. Good job. Thank you for sharing that. This beautiful, supportive community is coming around and you're seeing in community, this fleshing out of how we, how we flesh out the gospel side by side and together. Now, one of the things we often don't find though, in the midst of community is, you know, we're not super excited or um, quick to share the fullness of our weaknesses, are we? It's not like we're getting on the Zoom calls and we're like, yeah, well, these are all the ways I failed today. These are all the ways that I, you know, these are all of my major weaknesses. It's not like we're we're putting out all of those things yet. Yet Paul in the scriptures is saying, yet I'm going to boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power may be perfected in us. So my prayer as we have this conversation is, Holy Spirit, give us a revelation of this. How do we embrace, fully embrace the fullness of our weaknesses so that, Lord, you can be perfected in us? That's the heart of our prayer. And that's what we want to see. I love that. You know, and I think as we're talking about weakness, you know, Lori and I were opening up just all the different ways we could talk about this. And the scripture that comes to mind is we've got that theme scripture, but in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I know with weakness, listen, I'm going to share a tiny bit here because when I grew up, I was raised in a European home, very strong, not overly emotional. You know, it really was about you grab hold of you know, what you want to do and you just go for it. And I'm not an overly emotional person that I, I actually am an emotional person. I should say that, but I don't, I'm not in touch with it often. I usually suppress it and I just busy myself or do things to just kind of override that. And I hit a wall in my own life. And some of you know a little bit of Jay and I's story, but seven years ago, Jay was diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, I had been, I've been a Christian my whole life. I have walked alongside with people that have gone through illnesses, sickness, relieving, pressing in with faith. And, you know, when you would have told me maybe a couple of years before, how would you handle if this came into your life? I would have been like, oh, we're going and knocking down that door. Like I'm going to be praying. I would stand in faith. And the honest truth of it was when we went through that season, I really did not do well inside. I wasn't well emotionally, spiritually, like with God, I love God. I didn't turn my back on God, but I literally went into this place of overriding to not look weak, to not look needy, to look like I had this all together. I could handle this. My world at home was completely changed. Jay was, it was, we didn't know what was going to happen. There was so much fear inside. And so what I did was I just, I built my own strength up. I really did. I kind of put myself together, worked harder at my job, kept everything together, 
wanted to be that perfect wife, perfect mom, perfect friend, wanted everyone to see. And I wasn't doing it to be fake. It actually, I wasn't doing it because I was trying to give this image. It actually was because I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to actually come to terms with, I'm weak. I'm not doing well. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to reach out for help. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what I've always done. <laughs> I'm just going to busy myself. I'm just going to maximize what I do well. I'm going to focus on those areas of my life and just make that the pinnacle. And what ended up happening is behind closed doors, you know, I wasn't there emotionally for Jay. I wasn't able to be in touch with what was happening, my own fears, my own insecurities. I kind of kept pressing that down. And I say all that to say, I can now boast about it at the time. I wouldn't have, I, very few people knew that I was struggling. Lori was one of them. A few people knew, but very few. And it was very far between that I reached out for help because I wanted to kind of just bear in and make it through. But in that season, what I learned about the weakness and strength was God had to break in me a spirit of pride. He actually had to break in me this strength that I thought I had, that this ability. And I'm saying this very unfiltered because I, but like almost like the self-made woman, like I've got this, like I've really got this together. God had to break that deep pride in me and allow me to see the absolute brokenness of my own life and allow to see the depletion of even what I thought I could do was actually damaging more in my marriage and more in my family. And through the grace of God, he brought us through that season and brought me to my knees. And I saw what I was doing and how it was dysfunctional um, because it was done out of not in a healthy place. And that weakness now has actually been such a gift in my life. And it often happens like that. We go through situations that we are almost embarrassed about of how we handled it. I thought, man, I should have handled that better. I am a pastor. I've been racist. How did I not like step up? But actually God didn't want that for me. He wanted to reveal to me that it wasn't about me stepping up. It was about him stepping in, stepping into that place of, my sufficiency, my independence was what he wanted to break. And he wanted to actually move through vulnerability and move through my brokenness, move through my emotional, like to tap into that part of my heart. So I could be actually so much more beautiful in Christ and more humble and more of a gift to my family versus me trying to hold it all together. And I can boast about it now because God's done a beautiful work, but I have to say it was a process coming out because I even went through a lot of shame. And maybe some of you listening today, you've handled the situation a certain way, or you walk through something or you're feeling a certain way. And there's a lot of shame. I actually had to go through some freedom ministry because after we came out, Jay and I, you know, there was a lot of communication in it and me asking for forgiveness and thank you Jesus that happened in the midst of our situation so I was able to kind of move in and through to kind of bond with Jay in that situation and to actually start to allow God to go to those places in my heart of insecurity um, but I had to go through freedom ministry for a few years after that of unpacking the shame and the condemnation I put on myself of like, I wasn't a good wife. I wasn't, you know, a strong enough Christian. How could I have handled that? Why was I, you know, those things? Why did I allow fear to have such a stronghold in my heart that I actually did the opposite? I had fear in my heart, but I overrode it by looking so independent and so strong instead of dealing with it, like dealing with the emotion of it, laying at the foot of the cross, bringing it to Jesus, asking for help and for prayer. And really being humble. I didn't do that. And I, I felt I, I didn't want people to know. And so I, I say that, you know, it's a beautiful thing when we say we can boast about our weakness, because in it, the redemption of God 
And I can say like our relation, whether it's a marriage relationship, whether it's a child relationship you have, whether it's another relationship, whether it's just an area of your heart, God brought his redemption grace in it. And because of his redemption grace, I can boast about the strengthening that those areas that were weak in my heart that I didn't know, God used that crisis to actually dissolve a structure that had lots of lots of faults and faulty cracks in it and to actually reinforce it with his strength, with his grace, through humility, through vulnerability, and through an acknowledgement that in myself, I can do nothing but only through Christ who gives me strength. And so I am so great that I can now boast about that season of my life. I can boast about it and say, you know, Lord, thank you. Our hardest seasons bring out the most beautiful fruit if we allow God to go into redemption area. But if we hide behind shame or we hide behind, I don't want people to know what actually happened and what I, how I handled it. We could actually live in a place that disqualifies us, that brings it to another level. And that's, I think, the redemption of God, because we are not qualified in ourselves. Nothing that we can do qualifies us. Hey, Lord, we can, we've seen that. It is only by the grace of God. So we can boast in our weakness, not that we live in that place of just being authentic and not walking into a place of authority. I'm not talking about that, of just, oh, woe is me, or I'm just this. It's about acknowledging who we are, but bringing it to the foot of the cross and allowing the power of God to be manifest in those spaces and places because it's all about him. So I know Lori, we've both experienced that in our lives and people may look and say, well, you guys, you know, I don't see that in you. You seem so strong, but I've had many moments actually daily when I'm walking with the Lord, I'm like, what a risk God takes to work through us. We're so broken. Sometimes I'm like, God, it's amazing that you keep choosing to speak to me, to use my life because my goodness, I just, right here is so broken, but he keeps using us because that's the constant redemption plan that he has. It's that he would be manifest in every area of our lives, in every moment, in every day, in every weakness. I love that. So powerful. So powerful. I mean, Paul himself, what did he say? I'm the chief of all sinners. So again, when you're feeling like, no, no, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. You don't know how much daily I mess up. That is just the ground for God's redemption to work in you and for his power to be perfected in you. You know, as we've been going through the scriptures and, you know, we're in acts now we've done Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John here in Heartstrong. the Holy spirit and the work of the Holy spirit has been popping off the page at me. You know, we see it all through the gospels, particularly in the life of Jesus, because Jesus was filled with the Holy spirit. And that's what empowered him to do the work that he saw the father doing that the father gave him permission to do. And we see that so beautifully manifest in his life and ministry. And then now we're going into acts and now the Holy spirit's being poured out on everyone. Everyone who believes is receiving the, the Holy spirit. And it is only by the empowerment of the Holy spirit that we can walk this out. And it really is about us being able to own and come to terms with the truth of our weakness, the truth of what is the very things that the enemy wants to disqualify us with coming to terms with that, being honest about that, bringing that before the Lord in repentance, in repentance, and then receiving the empowerment of the, of the Holy spirit in exchange 
for that working out of the weakness, that working out of the sin, exchanging that for the power of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that whatever it is that God has for us to do, that we can walk in that, we can walk in the fullness of that. And I love seeing this progression and just this idea about that empowerment is standing out. And I mean, you guys know, those of you who know Pastor Rhonda and I, we love the power. We love the power gifts. We love the empowerment of the spirit. We love the freedom side. And so again, in order to tap into that, if that means we have to tap into our weakness, then we need the Holy Spirit's help to do that very thing. That story that Pastor Rhonda just told about about recognizing the pride of her heart and needing to be strong, needing to, to project strength all the time or what she believed that meant, having to lay that down and recognize, no, that was actually pride. That was actually opposing God, opposing the help of God, opposing God in her life, coming and receiving instead humility. What a beautiful and powerful exchange that she can then boast in. You know, um, those of you who are just... Uh, joined the call a little bit later, the last couple of weeks, um, my daughters got COVID. So um, both of them uh, got COVID. They were with somebody who didn't know they had it and they, they both got it. And this like just floored us, just floored us because we've been pretty strict all the way along, even like as a whole family about following the rules and all of that. They had an outdoor visit with someone. And anyways, we were just so, so surprised. Um, and it's so interesting how you described this, this story, even that you went through, because in a very, very small, small way, going through having COVID in the house and the girls being so, so sick and having to quarantine them in their room and, and, uh, you know, doctors calling and all public auto public, public health calling and having to, you know, who have we seen? And is there anybody we need to follow up with and all the waiting and then us getting tested and waiting and back and forth. It, it was a very, very overwhelming couple of weeks, overwhelming to the point that, you know, we were probably five, six, seven days into this. And I looked over at Jason and I said, I don't even think we've prayed. I, I don't think we've prayed about this. And I know that probably sounds really weird to hear what our pastors didn't pray about it. But again, sometimes when we're in a situation that we're, that is so overwhelming, it's literally taking over our mind and our thoughts. It's it, it, it we can't think about anything else. And all of a sudden, all of these things that we would normally do every single day, they begin to fall to the wayside and we get overcome and swept away by the anxiety of it all, by the pressure of it all, by the waiting of it all. And it's not that we didn't pray, but we didn't like sit down and really, really pray about this. Yes, we prayed, oh Lord, please let our test be negative. We prayed through some different things, but in the way that we would pray for someone else, we weren't praying for that. And so at some point along the way, I remember saying to Jay, you know what? We're so overwhelmed. We're in this. We need to reach out to other brothers and sisters to be praying for us because there are times when we're so weak, we can't even pray for ourselves. And that's the time that we reach out to others and we say, can you pray for us? You know, people were asking us, what could we do? How can we help? 
And honestly, all we needed was prayer covering because it was just so overwhelming that we could barely pray for ourselves. I mean, it's kind of funny now. It's not funny at all. And none of it was funny, but it's kind of funny now. But at one point over the couple of weeks, I think the stress of it all and I wasn't feeling good. Like I really wasn't feeling good. And I was like, oh, I'm sure I've got it. I know I've got it. I've got COVID. I definitely have it. Anyways, we went and got tested. It was negative. I didn't have COVID. I was sure I had it, but uh, the stress and the anxiety of it all just sort of overwhelmed. Even my body I had a headache. My body was aching. We also like bleached our house from top to bottom, every <laughs> baseboard, handrail, doorknob, wall, we want, you know, just trying to like do something to get rid of this. Right. And so again, our weakness is revealed in a time of crisis, in a time of difficulty, in a time of struggle, in the list of all of these things that Paul's saying, weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, that reveals in that time of crisis, the very weakness that's inside of us. And the truth is that every, I don't care how strong your faith is. I don't care how close to God you say you are. There are times when we are all weak And every single day, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. And I love it. The definition of weakness literally says the state or condition of lacking strength, a quality or feature regarded as a disadvantage or a fault, a person or thing that is unable to resist or likes something excessively. How many can relate to that? How many can relate to the indulgences of life where you would say, I have no willpower over this. I'm so weak over this or a self-indulgent liking for something. These are the definitions of weakness. And Paul, Rhonda read the scripture a minute ago um, in Romans 8, where there's no, there's therefore now no condemnation. Well, right before that scripture, Paul himself says this, and I love it so much. It says, so now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, For I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. That's what it says right before we turn the page to Romans 8, where it says, but there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, whenever we read that, we often say, well, then am I in Christ Jesus? Yes, you are. You are in Christ Jesus. If you've accepted Christ, then you are in Christ Jesus. And that means there is therefore now no condemnation. And this is a real revelation for us to walk in. Because again, in these places of weakness, this is where the enemy wants to take advantage of us. You know, another place of weakness in my life that has been a lifelong struggle for me has been around food and eating and being indulgent in that area of my life. I, for many, (laughs) I see some hands up. Amen. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. I know, you know, this struggle, listen for us girls, we, we do this. This is a major, major issue. And, you know, there are times and there are seasons where, where I feel like, wow, like I have a lot of self-control right now in this season. And yet only to find that 
it's only as good as until the day you don't, right? <laughs> Willpower is only good or self-control is only good until the day you don't. And then on that day, all of a sudden, it feels like, oh my goodness, I have no self-control over this. And then the eating starts and then the binging starts and then the indulgences start and then it's more and I, the cravings and so on and so on and so on. And it's this game that Paul's describing here. Why do I do the things I don't wanna do? And yet the things I want to do, I cannot do. And so again, these are very, very real things. And these are where we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to invite, literally invite Holy Spirit. I need your help. I can't do this without you. I recognize my weakness and I need your help. And so I get that. I get that. And we all have those kinds of indulgences, don't we? Maybe it's shopping, Maybe it's shopping, maybe it's, um, you know, binge watching on TV or, or TV or Netflix or just numbing out or tuning out. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's, um, you know, there's so many things. Marijuana is legalized now. So I know that's a major struggle for a lot of people. There are so many things that can actually get a hook in our life. And then all of a sudden we feel like we have no control or no power to be able to come against that in our life. It is so true because I think that's exactly what the enemy does is he looks at like, what do you think about that? And he just throws it in our face constantly, that disqualification. Well, that fact that you've done that or the fact that you struggle with that, that's who you are. That's who your identity is. And we can take that on. But, you know, even going through like, Laurie, as you were talking about that, going through freedom ministry was so powerful. If any of you have never been through freedom ministry and you've been on this, this journey and there is just something that just keeps holding you back. You know, for me, it was shame because of my perfectionism. I wanted to be the perfect wife for Jay during cancer, you know, to be that like my one friend had gone through cancer and I was comparing myself like, wow, they were crying. They were super emotional, really invested. And here I was like, I wasn't working at the church at the time and I was in a corporate world. So I was just like, I'm going to make the money. I'm going to make sure Jay doesn't have to worry. And I'm like, I, like this crazy thinking, crazy, crazy. But I want to say like in my mind that kept getting thrown in my face. So whatever it may be, whatever the weakness is, whatever this, it would maybe the enemy will keep throwing it in your face. And I just felt there was a stronghold in my life. I just couldn't get through. And I need a prayer. I need people to come alongside to say that, that shame, that perfectionism, that pride that that comes from needs to be broken because that shame, you cannot let that part of your story that you always whitewash it. Like you, you just kind of skip over it. Let Jay's part go forward. And you just think, Oh, I was you know, praying behind the scenes. No, I was struggling a lot. And I have to acknowledge that because that's part of it. But the enemy started really using that to really disqualify me and really make me feel insecure and make me feel, you know, like, look what you did there. You weren't able to rise to that. How could you speak into that? You don't have authority. You don't have, you know, all of those things, maybe in your own life, whatever been, what's been going on, or maybe what you're struggling with, get some prayer. I really felt like that was the key for me was that I, I was praying with Jay. I was talking about it, confessing it, walking it through, but there just was something I just couldn't break through in that shame area of how I felt as a wife, as a mom, I just felt really like, and it actually was getting bigger and bigger and bigger of how much I had failed. Like literally, like Jay was looking at me like, what are you talking? Okay, I know this is inner, but this is becoming something like you're really, there's something happening in your heart that you need to get some freedom from. And I was like, you're right. All that to say, I went through freedom ministry, but I want to just tie this back to say, you know, even now when the enemy comes in, because he comes in all the time with all of us and kind of shows us, 
He loves to flaunt what we are not. Absolutely. Because if he can disqualify us, if he can discredit, it's discrediting what God's work is doing in our life. He's literally tearing down the work of the cross in our lives. That's what he's doing. And he, it's like a mocking spirit to be like, you're not that. The power of the cross is not that great. You're still that. You are disqualified. I started saying, when I would feel this certain way, this has happened years like after that, I would start to say, if I felt, I don't know, I'd feel this certain, I'd be like, you're right. I did feel in that area. But I thank you that the Holy Spirit's with me. And God is this, this, and this, and this. Yes, I may feel that way. But the Holy Spirit is this, this, and this, and this. Because you know what? We are those things. Oftentimes, what is brought up is like, yeah, you are proud. You are, you know, whatever it may be that the Lord's bringing up in your own heart. We are those things. Like our sin dwells within us. Those things are in us, but that is not who God has called us to be. That is not who we are. Yes. Those are things you see, but this is who I am in Christ. This is who God is in me, in myself. Those things are me. Like all of the sin, it says within ourselves, we are weak. We are not good. And I think it's coming to terms with that. We are not good. But God is the goodness in us. It's not us. It's not our own strength that we can boast. Salvation has come nothing from ourselves. None of us can achieve it, strive for it, earn it. It is a gift of grace because we are all born into sin. Like Paul said, chief of sinners, we all struggle. I love that he says, even in um, chapter seven, you're saying that, Lord, exactly like I'm being dominated. Like who can rescue me from this body of death? Like he's literally saying, I wish I could be rescued. Like it's such a struggle, but God, but God, the goodness of God in us, you know, there's, I'm just bringing this back to this one story when it talks about the stewardship of um, the, the stewards, when God says good and faithful steward, when we're talking about the coins, not the coins, the um, talents. Yeah, talents, the talents. And uh, he says, well done, good and faithful steward. I had a revelation the other day when I was just praying about that, you know, good is the goodness of God. We are not good. But when God looks at, when he was acknowledging that in my own spirit, this was my own revelation. I'm not bringing this doctrinal here. I'm just speaking what God was speaking to my own heart. But I felt like God said, when I look at you, I see the goodness of my son. I see the cross. I see the blood of Jesus on you. Good is my redemptive work. But what we are to do is the faithful part. That's the faithfulness. Even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. But the exchange is we continually work this out. We just don't give up and say, oh, well, this is who I am. I can't overcome this. No, it is part of the faithful journey of ours is to say, I'm devoted. Whether today was a rough day or not, whether I have doubts, it's a struggle. Like even when um, Pastor Don, um, Dan was talking about John, the whole book of John, that even when we doubt, even when there's mysteries, even when there's struggle, that we keep pressing forward, we keep believing, we keep trusting God. This is that that part of our heart that we keep trusting God in the midst of weakness, in the midst of struggle to say, God, I believe your power is at work. And today's a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. But the faithful part of our heart, that faithful stewardship part of our heart is to continually trust, to continually move forward, to continually trust what the word of God says. But when the enemy comes against us and throws things in our face, we could say, yeah, those sins are real, but you know what? God, but God in me, I am not defined by that. I am not defined by that. I'm defined by who God says I am. And that's why this is the greatest gift we have is the word of God. It's the greatest gift because it identifies who we are. So I just want to say anyone that is listening today, that is literally listening to our words and saying, oh, 
but like you're hearing just that tape recorder of the enemy lying to you. If the word of God, what God tells you is truth, that's the truth. He's telling you what is lies. He's telling you what is lies because what he's telling you is what he sees in the natural. But what we live is in the supernatural realm because it's the work of the cross that is supernatural that covers it all, covers it all. That's right. Wow. No, that is so, so good. And I think you've, you've shared a really important key for all of us today. And it does come down to confession. It does come down to confession. Like, you know, the scriptures do say that when we confess our sins one to another, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And that's when healing comes, when confession comes, healing comes. And so that honestly was what freedom ministry is all about for you as you're sharing that story and the power of that. And I know it's been the same for me. It's until I've come to a place of actually being able to say that out loud to someone and be able to say like, okay, no, this is a struggle, or I don't want this to become a struggle. So I'm going to confess this. I know this could be a struggle for me. So I'm going to confess this. I'm going to say this out loud and I'm going to make sure I'm going to take all the power out of it. And I'm going to walk in the obedience of Christ with the power, the empowerment of the Holy spirit and the help of the Holy spirit, because I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it on my own strength. And I think for every single one of us that is on this call today, I, I imagine you can identify with me that why is it that we push ourselves, our own strength to its last legs before we invite the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. And so I really, really encourage you that in whatever you find your weakness in, in whatever areas you find are the struggle of your life, confess it to someone, say it out loud, repent, ask God to forgive you and ask for the Holy spirit to help you. And if you still find that this is an issue, it may be a stronghold in your life that you need someone to pray and break and get freedom from. And yes, that is so awesome. I've done that about everything in my life, everything that has come in my life, because I don't want anything to have a hold on me. You know, the scriptures talk about, we are either a slave to our sin or we're a slave to righteousness. And again, that word slave, ooh, we don't like that word, but it's really, really true. If we can't say no to sin, then it has a hold on us, right? It has, and we become a slave to that very thing. And so we want to be slaves to righteousness. We want to be slaves to the word of God, to the obedience of Christ. And we want to put everything under submission of Christ into the obedience of Christ so that we can walk in the fullness of the fruit of the spirit. Again, Galatians five talks about the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit. And we want to be people who are walking in the works of the spirit. We want to walk in the spirit, not the work of the flesh. So again, we're what we want to open up this conversation a little bit, because I think that this would be an awesome environment as pastor Rhonda and I have just shared about some of our struggles and some of our wrestles, both current and past. Um, and again, often the struggles we see in our life are reoccurrent. They come up again and again and again. And we may see a measure of freedom in that area, but it's all always seems to be an area where we can get sidelined again. And so maybe there's something for you that this is triggering. Maybe we could take some time to pray over about some of these weaknesses. We just want to turn this into a little bit of a ministry time um, because we believe that God has freedom for some of you here today. Maybe all of us here in another layer and another level of embracing our weakness and walking in the, the power of the Holy Spirit being perfected in us today. 
So that Lori, can I just share one last thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think the deepest, like as you're talking about confession and all of those things of coming to that place, I just want to speak over all of you that you are deeply loved by God. And when we come to him, we need a fresh revelation of the absolute love that God has for us. And that is exactly where it starts. Like Lori, you're saying that like he takes all of us. He loved us when we were yet sinners. He died, Christ died for us. He loves us. And so when we are able to rest in that place of love, that place of delight that God has for us, then we're able to totally surrender and let go because that trust is from his love and love conquers all. And we're able to walk in the fullness of who he is in our lives. But I want to say, if there's any part that you're feeling like even to bring that, like that, it starts there. Like it really starts with having a real revelation of the love that God has for us, that if we never did another thing for him, that doesn't change his love for us. Like it's not based on what we do or what we conquer. It really is from who he, he has loved us and chosen us and adopted us. We are his sons and daughters. We have been made heirs of righteousness because of his son. It's a gift of grace. And so I just want to speak that over as you're sharing today, a fresh revelation, Lord, even as you were just sharing, I just felt it prompted my spirit that some may be watching today. And there really is this constant like weakness. Like you have to overcome this to be loved by God, mm-hmm. to be accepted by God, for God to use you, for God to see you, for you to feel significant. You somehow have to overcome this weakness, these areas of your life. And I just want to say that will never happen. And you will find yourself on a hamster wheel fully working in this place of condemnation, never feeling good enough. I want you to hear right now that God loves you and that we all will have weaknesses all the time. And I think my greatest prayer every day is like, God, get me to the end of myself fast. Like just show me right away. Like just show me that pride and the arrogance. Show me just my criticism, judgmental, my, like how they manage my tongue. Oh my goodness. There's so much. Get me to the end of myself fast. So I can just surrender and confess and surrender to your love, like washes. So I just want to speak over you a washing of God's love of not a perfectionism of striving. I've had to break that over my life. And that's where shame came from those areas. And so I just feel Lori, even prophetically, just to say that I I break that over anyone today, feeling condemnation, washing over you like this lie, like I have to overcome weaknesses versus surrender to the love of God and allow him to redeem those places to walk in the fullness of authority and to declare the scriptures over my life because God loves me. And that's his promise and provision for me. Nothing I've I've attained. So that's my little moment there. I just want to speak that over your lives. You're all so loved. Yeah. That's, That's really powerful. And you know what, if that word is, is connecting with you, like if you have felt that you've had to earn God's love by being whatever, whatever you want to put in front of that. You've got to be a certain way in your relationship with God. You've got to do a certain amount of things. If you've felt like you've struggled to receive the love of God, I really encourage you just maybe write in the chat. If you, if you feel to do so, um, or you can just wave, give a little wave if you want, or put your name in the chat and, you know, pastor Rhonda, I just encourage you just, just pray over us. Let's just receive that. Let's just receive that freedom today. A fr- I know we all can receive a fresh today, a reminder of how much God loves us. But if you struggle to receive the love of God, or you think that there is something in the way of you being fully loved by God, something you have to do first, 
then yeah, just, just identify that in the chat because we want to pray for you by name as well. Um, and, and just believe that, that you are set free from that today because that is, that is actually not true. That is actually saying that, you know, what Jesus has done isn't enough. I still have to do this. I still have to earn, but what Jesus has done when he said it is finished, he meant that it is absolutely complete. And it's for you. It has your name on it. Jesus was thinking of you, Christina, Elizabeth, Andrea, Di, Tara, Nancy, he was thinking about you when he went to the cross, Cindy, every one of you, and he loves you so, so much. And there's nothing you need to do to earn that love. So Rhonda, why don't you just pray and uh, just break that, just, just that, that sense that you had, that's beautiful. Yes, Lord. I just right now break over everyone watching today that is feeling this today, a breaking of striving, a breaking of earning, a breaking of feeling unworthy, of not good enough. God, we just break that in the name of Jesus. That is from the pit of hell. And we send those words back to the pit where they belong. And I speak right now, God, I think that you're perfect love casts out fear. You are faithful. Your love is inexhaustible. And I think that the greatest above all is love and you have shown us the greatest love. And so I right now speak a fresh revelation, a deep spiritual encounter with you and the love that you have, the father's love that is all encompassing, that is all full of grace, that has no limitation, that is inexhaustible, that goes to every place like Psalm 139, that we can never escape your presence, your love. You surround us. May everyone that's watching today have a fresh encounter with your love as they literally lay back in their father's arms and feel you wrapping their arms around them and just saying, be held, be loved, be carried. Know that I am sustaining you, that I am with you. You don't have to earn my love. It's a gift and I give it to you freely. So father, I thank you. No matter, I even speak right now, if people watching today have maybe a negative experience with father's love, there's been literally such a woundedness. I speak a supernatural healing and a fresh revelation for them to experience your love, the perfect father's love. May they hear your words washing over them. You are mine. You are mine. I love you. I love you. I take delight in you. God, may they feel your delight today. And I speak that over their lives because the enemy knows if he can make us feel separated from your love, all that's what his job, that's what he's doing is trying to make us feel separated. But you've said nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing can separate us. And we are held in the palm of your hand and carried by you. So the father's love, I speak a fresh impartation, an overwhelming impartation, that healing love of God to wash over your children today in a fresh way. In Jesus name, we let go of striving and we literally take off that garment. We take off the garment that we put on of striving and earning. And we, that is not what we are ever meant to put on. We take off that garment and we throw it. It's not their garment. It's not yours. You never meant for us to carry that. We take off the garment in the name of Jesus. And I even speak to somebody right now. You might physically have to literally do this off your back. I take off the striving. I take off the perfectionism. I take off right now, the unworthiness. I take off the guilt and the shame. I take 
it off. That is not the garment of God. And I put on the all encompassing love of the father and I allow his arms to come around me. And that garment is a hindrance and it's a lie. And I take it off in the name of Jesus. So when you're feeling that, I literally say to you, this, to all of you watching that are feeling this today, if you start to feel this come over you, you literally can say, that's not mine to wear. That is not my garment to wear. And I put on the spirit of the love of God. The father's love is the garment I put on. So I just speak that literally take it off in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus name, the all powerful name, Jesus, the finished work, that name of Jesus that breaks every chain and every barrier in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we receive that. We receive that. Thank you, Pastor Rhonda, for ministering to us so powerfully. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.